All right. Uh, so, would you be so kind as to read the opening poem that has the strangest rhyme in the first two lines that I've ever heard in one of these books? I actually had not even looked at the opening poem. Oh, wow. Okay. This is great. Let's, <laughs> let's get started with healthy habits, like washing our hands and eating our carrots. Doesn't rhyme. That is, that's not even a half rhyme. <laughs> or going outside to run and play. Don't sit around in the house all day. <laughs> Welcome back to Deep in Bear Country, a Berenstain Bearcast. I am your host, Phil Gonzalez, and I'm breaking all kinds of rules today because, wow, we're jumping ahead to a book that came out the other day. Like, it came out within, like, accessible memory. Like, the part of your brain that accesses the most recent memories, is that's how far I have to dip into when this book came out. It's the probably the most current Maybe with the exception of that weird Big Paw book that came out one November. It's like, this is me just jumping into this. But it's not by my own, like, recognizance that I that I decided to, to do this book. It's because the book was immediately brought to my attention by a former guest of the show, who the last time she was here, I think we just talked about GoDaddy. I think that's literally all we talked about in the episode. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's Becca Peter. Hi, Becca. Hi, Phil. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, it was brought to my attention after the, la the episode you were on that we never even explained what GoDaddy was in the whole episode. Uh, a listener said, I don't know what that is. And you guys just talked about it as if it was like Kleenex or Band-Aids, like something that every person knows what they are. I guess it's just if you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. You have to be a real insider in order to understand deep in bear countries, obscure pop cultural references. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be here. So you brought this book to my immediate attention. Yeah, I actually pre-ordered this book. I don't usually pre-order them, and I think I just randomly did. So it showed up. I wasn't really expecting it. And I took a look inside and it was amazing. And so I had to reach out and tell you how amazing it was. This book covers a very important topic uh, that it does, I think, a fairly good job covering. But it covers it in the most, like, oblique way possible. Like, how about a musical about the subject in the pages of a children's book that spends probably a disproportionate amount of time setting up the concept of the musical in order to get a bunch of information. Like it's it's several layers deep when I don't think it had to be. But I can see Mike being like, gotta zhuzh this up. Yeah, so I this book was not what I expected. And so my question for you, when you saw this cover, mm. if you see this now and you don't know anything about what's in the book, Knowing what you know about Berenstain Bear books today and, and you know, Mike's efforts into them, what would you expect out of this book? Just looking at the cover. Well, for the listeners, this is this is the Berenstain Bears Stay Healthy from January 2024. Uh, and yeah, looking at it, I would think it was going to be something along the lines of the the too much junk food most likely too much junk food 
uh, which was the last time they really dipped into like how to take care of your body. Uh, it, it, it's the cover has the bear family. They're gesturing up at kind of a little like arc, like with like medicine and good food and exercise labeled. And it, yeah, it looks like it's just going to be your run of the mill. They go to the doctor and Dr. Grizzly tells them how to stay healthy. That's what I would think going in. Yeah, looking at this, I would have expected, knowing that Mike has limited resources available, right? Like back in the day, there was a whole team of people working on the books and they were able to produce this tremendous amount of new content every year. And now Mike's kind of a one-man show and his resources are more limited. So he's recycling a lot of content, but you know, taking older stuff, trying to make it relevant. He's doing a great job. This is not a criticism. But we know Mike doesn't have all the tools to work with that his parents had in the past. So looking at this cover, I would have expected that it's like basically the bear family goes on a walk and talks about being healthy. And we kind of see the little thought bubbles like sort of recycling some old graphics because right on the cover, we see kind of the one of them all running and yeah. you think of the big track meet or the many stories on the same theme. So that's kind of what my expectation was. And that's not what this book is at all. Well, to defend uh, Mike's resources a little bit, I mean, he is married to a doctor. Uh, his wife is a medical doctor. Uh, and uh, and he is very close with children's hospitals, the the Berenstain Foundation or whatever. They, they are very focused on children's health. Now, what's funny is knowing my friends and knowing people who talk about the Berenstain Bears to me... Uh, this is one of those books where this is kind of a book that the 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 I can't think of the term I'm looking for. Like the gauntlet is now thrown. Where does Mike come down on public health? Now, personally, I know that answer because I've talked to Mike about things like this. But your general I mean, you probably hear see this a lot too. People hear that the Berenstain Bears put out Christian books. Well, then the creator of them must be some vicious right-wing anti-science bigot. Like, that's where people's minds, even my friends who are Christian, are like, oh, well, he's probably just some, like, neoconservative. And I'm like, no, wait, that's, <laughs> he's a very smart, very nice guy. Uh, but this is a book that's very much about the public health issue. And I assume it started to be written probably about two years ago uh that's kind of seems like his schedule how they line things up but as you noted becca this is not just a book about health uh, no it <laughs> no. covers a lot of things yes uh first and foremost what does this book cover um yeah so i guess we could just start with the beginning of the let's book let's just jump in let's just jump in <laughs> So the, it, the book starts with the bears are in school and they are meeting with teacher Jane and it is time for the school's annual musical extravaganza. Uh, and teacher Jane says, instead of a regular show like the music bear or my bear lady, we're going to put on something more educational. So I actually went back and looked at some of the other Bears Day Bear books. Um, they have covered theater a little bit not it's not a huge topic but obviously there was get stage fright way mm -hmm. back in the day um and then i i just happened to get this in the mail like right when i was getting ready for this but the 2011 say please and thank you 
which is completely different than the 1997, please and thank you. Yep. Uh, the, so this one has eight short stories in it that are original. And the last one involves uh, the bear school is putting on the music bear. So that's yes. actually a thing that has happened in bear country. And in that one, brother and sister like help paint the scenery in the background, which in that book, the background scenery looked really sturdy, <laughs> which is a little different than in this book. But so we see the cubs there. They don't look excited. Sister looks scared. Brother has her, his arm around her shoulders like he's reassuring her that everything is going to be okay. Like something is really wrong in bear country. Well, <laughs> the kids I'm, are just devastated that they're not doing a fun play. I was going to say, I had to say that if you are like looking forward to the school musical and in the past you've done classic works of theater and then your, your, your teacher is like, mm, this year... We're doing a musical about health that we're writing ourselves in the next few weeks, and we're going to incorporate members of our like community in it. That's not what you want to hear. That means something somewhere happened with the budget, and the theater program had like most of its funding pulled for like a, probably Coach Grismeyer's football team at this point. <laughs> right. So before we move on to the next page. I want to emphasize, which your listeners know this, COVID has not come to bear country. Right, right. The, the concept does not exist. Like in all of bear history, what we normally see with illness is someone in the bear family or all of them having a cold. Right. And I think there's like when they go to the hospital, cousin Fred broke his arm or his leg or something. Mm -hmm. It, they don't normally get any heavier than that. Like, we, I can't think of any bear characters who pass away. Like, the closest they came was Sister's Goldfish Died. Right. Um. So that makes this, the next page a little bit interesting because Teacher Jane says, doesn't everyone agree that staying healthy is something we're all very concerned about these days? And, and then it, Mike says, Everyone certainly agreed with that. Yes. <laughs> like, so this has to be, it has to be Mike being like, we just gotta, we gotta address this in whatever way we can. Like, and this is where Mike starts coming down on the side of public health is extraordinarily important, which is something you don't hear a lot in children's books on the subject, that this is a community effort. So uh, more so than just like, eat your fruits and vegetables, kids. Uh, and we're they're actually going to touch on that. But yeah, words we've never heard in the book so far are epidemic, <laughs> pandemic. <laughs> like those words don't really touch. I mean, they've gotten the they've gotten colds. We know that there are coronaviruses in bear country. Like that's a thing that exists. Uh, but yeah, so uh, spoilers. We're going to touch a little bit closer on that as the story progresses. As the story progresses. <laughs> Um, the other thing we see on the second page is that Honey is there. And I, so obviously we're now at the point where Honey must be in kindergarten mm -hmm. and they are all in school together. Yes. Although I will say she's in all of the pages, she's the only cub I noticed who was like really little. Everyone else seems to be like brother and sister's peers. And then Honey is just sort of randomly inserted. Yeah, I think she, I think we touched on that in Gifts of the Spirit Growing. I think that's the one where they were like, ah, honey bear's getting older. Giving lie to the old, the bears don't age thing that they keep 
reiterating on their website, but they do age and Honey Bear is now in public school. <laughs> yeah. So on the next page, now the Cubs are getting into it and they're talking about uh, having different help experts come. And so, of course, they talk about Dr. Gert Grizzly and Dr. Bearson, the dentist, who yeah. are two very appropriate people to come and talk about health. And then Brother suggests that Farmer Ben and Mrs. Ben should come because they know all about good food and healthy eating. Yeah. And I mean, yes, in the context of bear country, they don't have like a nutritionist or a dietitian. So I can understand Farmer Ben, I guess, is the closest you're going to get. But I read that yeah. and I laughed because it's like, 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 does he know about healthy eating, though? Like, being a farmer does not automatically, right. automatically make you a health food expert. Uh, yes, we know that Farmer Ben is seemingly an organic farmer. Uh, uh, we don't see any, like, Monsanto trucks or anything outside of outside of his farm. Uh, I, my concern is, is always, like, will Farmer Ben keep his cool? Like, will <laughs> Farmer Ben not go off on some sort of like rant about kids trampling his like pumpkins. I don't know. It's uh, he's one of the more volatile adults in bear town. So, you know, yeah. And then they also bring in coach Grismeyer as an expert on physical fitness, which makes the most sense in the context of bear country. But again, like your average high school elementary PE teacher, the quality of their education can be very hit or the education they're providing can be very hit or miss. <laughs> like, also, Coach Grismeyer, who is introduced in the chapter books, I believe, as a chauvinist jerk. Like, that's his <laughs> character historically in Beartown is that Coach Grismeyer does not listen to the kids, doesn't seem to like them very much, and uh, makes it his goal to, like, humiliate the smaller students. So... You know, a little questionable, but they, they're doing the best they can. They're working right. with what they have. <laughs> Limited resources. Again, the budget has been pulled. We see a picture of like the in the early the first page, you see photos or photos. You see imagining them imagining uh, the music bear and uh, my bear lady. And you actually see like one of the a bear in like the ascot gavotte like hat it's very uh, nice attention to detail which of course brings to mind like i'm sure that mike and his wife whose name i can't remember like probably have sat down and watched a lot of amc like that just seems like the kind of thing that they've done and he's probably like i just can't wait to draw these costumes like get get edith head's designs in there yeah so they decide that the name of the musical will be Good health to you. Sounds bad. Sounds like a bad time. <laughs> but it's bear country, so they don't have anything better to do. When there's no. a musical at the school, everyone in the town goes to the school and watches it because there is nothing else going on. I, I was hoping we'd get some detail on, like, you know, Ferdy Factual's going to write the music and so-and-so is going to do the choreography and so-and-so will design. Like, I was like, if we're going to go in on this, let's go in on it. But they don't. They sort of skate over how the creative process occurs. Yeah, it gets it gets like one sentence that just yeah. says the students wrote the show and rehearsed it, which I agree. That could have been fun, but they decided to focus on the actual educational portion of the book, which is fine. As someone who has co-written a musical uh, and uh, has friends who actually write musicals, I will let you in on a little secret. It's not fun and it's not easy. And I can't imagine something written in this few weeks is going to be very good. So, 
And and it was written by the students. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of forgiving parents in this crowd. Yeah. So the show kicks off with Dr. Gert Grizzly. And um, they start with germs. Yes. Uh, and there's you... an actual little song that they sing. They have the lyrics at the bottom. I'm not going to try to sing it. I don't know if you want to try to sing it. I was trying to like parse out how this song would even go. Uh, first of all, if you're going to see a musical and the first thing that happens is an, a medical doctor walks out on stage and not even an actor playing a medical doctor, just your local doctor, you know you're in for a good time. Uh, yeah, the kids come out dressed as, I guess, they're wearing like artist smocks. It looks like they're covered in drawings of germs. Uh, the lyrics are, we are germs, we're ugly, we're mean. We're the meanest microbes you've ever seen. Uh, I... I can't imagine. I don't know. I just, it made me sad to read those lyrics. Well, what's funny though is like the artwork shows them, they look like they're wearing smocks for art class that are white. And they, like you said, they've been painted with germs. They're adorable. Mm -hmm. It is so cute. But they've also, so they're supposed okay. to be ugly and mean, but they're even too tall looks really cute. I was going to say, also, too tall was the one who suggested Coach Grismeyer. This is. They have neutered our too tall. Okay, Mike has <laughs> Mike has Mike has PBS too tall, and he is now just a friend of the Cubs. I guess he's just down for anything. He's game for the musical, and he's dressed as a germ. He's dressed as a singing and dancing germ. He looks really cute. He it does. doesn't really fit with the lyrics, but at the same time, it's an elementary musical, so of course, everything they are, they do is going to be cute. And oh yeah, that's right. This is elementary. I keep forgetting this is elementary school, not not the local high school. <laughs> okay, but I would die to see an elementary school put on My Fair Lady. That would be incredible. So on the next two pages. I'm positive that Mike's wife influenced this in a really good way uh, because they talk about the differences between viruses and bacteria. And they talk about how uh, antibiotics work for bacteria, bacteria, but not for viruses. And this is like one of those things that every doctor in the country wishes that parents would understand that, that, that anyone would understand this because people are constantly asking for antibiotics when they're sick. But most of the time it's viral. Antibiotics aren't going to help. And we know that if you give antibiotics when you don't need them, it creates antibiotic re resistant bacteria. Yes. So the fact that like a Berenstain Bears book is trying to teach the, the parents, not the kids, about good antibiotic stewardship is amazing and wonderful. Uh, yeah. I have to believe that 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 his wife was like, you're including <laughs> this and it's going to be a two page spread, Mike, because... I I have I have to just be able to hand this this book to patients parents and just say read these two pages before you demand I give your kid antibiotics. Yep. So the first page, uh, there's just like a backdrop hanging, and you can see a little cub poking their head out from behind this backdrop, and Dr. Gert Grizzly is just talking, obviously not singing about the difference between bacteria and viruses. Uh, but then on the second page, we see three little cubs dressed up as viruses, and they are suspiciously COVID-shaped viruses. <laughs> uh, and then we have brother, sister, and honey dressed up as vaccines, and mm -hmm. they are, like, their body is like a syringe, and then there's a sharp needle poking out on top. 
So you you mentioned you were like this is a kids musical like it, it, the budget's pretty low. These are pretty dynamic syringe costumes, <laughs> which may have yeah, been left awesome. over from like the police's anti drug parade or something. <laughs> yes, for being ostensibly low budget, these costumes are actually quite elaborate. These are not things that you could easily just throw together yourself. Like like the smocks they had on the last page with the uh, germs on them. Sure, like someone artistic could just paint those up easily. But now we're getting into these like three-dimensional, mm-hmm. elaborate costumes. I, I have to point out too that Sister Bear's syringe does have her bow on it. <laughs> like externally, I guess I guess as a joke, it has to be just a visual joke on Mike's part because there's no way you could confuse who this cub is. Uh, it's also <laughs> becoming a little clearer that the siblings are the leads in this musical because they're taking center stage quite a bit. Yeah. So like you mentioned before, if people didn't know much about Mike and they were just making assumptions based on the fact that there had been a Christian line of Berenstain Bear books, then you might wonder whether or not they would mention vaccines. But the Berenstain Bears have always mentioned vaccines going back to the very first books. And Mike has stayed on brand with that. This is not like some woke propaganda. (laughs) The Berenstain Bears have always been pro-medicine, including vaccines. I love, I just love the idea that medicine is woke. I love the idea that there's like (laughs) this like conspiracy to get people healthy. (laughs) It's just absurd. What absurd times we live in. Uh uh, and yes, uh, Mike is pro-vax, which I'm not surprised at at all. Uh, also, I doubt a publisher would publish an anti-vax children's book, <laughs> even even in this political climate in which we live. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah. So we get he, he just says like vaccines. You get vaccines. That's why you get shots to the doctor, and they help you keep from getting sick. Like yeah. that. That's it. That's all you need to know, kids. So the next two pages introduce a brand new concept of bear country. And so the first page is just a standard concept about covering your coughs and sneezes. Although, like, we know from science, like, like this is still promoted, obviously, because covering your coughs and sneezes is better than just sneezing in someone's face. Yeah. But we know from actual research studies that this doesn't actually do much to stop the spread of viruses because they're in the air. Mm-hmm. And your elbow is only minimally stopping them from being in the air. And the the illustration actually shows this because you can see, like, yeah. <laughs> you you can see the coughs and sneezes getting around the elbow. But that's okay. Like, this is still standard public health advice. And it is rude to literally cough or sneeze in someone's face. So It's rude to cough and sneeze in someone's face. And it's bad to cough or sneeze into your open hands. And then, like, go about your day. Like, that's just the worst. And I still see people, like, sneeze like this. And then, like, just go on and do stuff. And I'm like, that's, that's like, not washing your hands after you go to the bathroom. That's <laughs> just... Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, it it shows the the, the the elbow sneeze. Very A very good illustration of the elbow sneeze, I must say. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, except that like their nose, just the way their faces are shaped, their noses are like way above their elbows. So yeah, <laughs> they're mouth sneezers. It doesn't matter. Bears are mouth sneezers. <laughs> Nothing go. comes out of those noses. So the next page is where we see our brand new concept, 
Uh, Dr. Kirk Grizzly says when very dangerous viruses are around, we need to wear health masks when we are with others. Masks can help keep viruses from spreading. Mm -hmm. And I love this. Like, I'm so glad they mentioned it. Um, You know, it is a new concept for bear country to have very dangerous viruses because up until this point, illnesses in bear country were fairly mild colds. I mean, you know, Papa might be laid up in bed for a day. But they were always things that people did recover from with a little medicine and a little rest or some chicken soup or whatever. Um, So for people watching on YouTube, here's the image. (laughs) So, I mean, I do wish that the mat, like the masks look like cloth masks. I wish that he'd maybe found a way to make them look a little bit more actual medical, but that's okay. They're, they're cute. I will say that (laughs) the shape of the bear's face would actually make it very difficult to have a mask that covers their nose and mouth and you can see this because like brother and sister are just sort of holding it up to their mouth and then honey has it like over her nose and just looks very confused yeah also i don't understand how the word honey is written on that mask it it's it's far over on the right, and only the first three letters of her name seem to have fit onto. Or she just doesn't know how to put the mask on because she's five years old, and someone should be helping her. By the way, if you have little kids, help them put their masks on. Uh, well, they did three letters for all the masks. We have Doc, Bro. I guess that's true. And Hun. Hun. Uh, now masking is. Of course, as we know, a very contradict. Somehow still in the year of our Lord 2024. Uh, and it's something you are very passionate about online. Like you uh, you have you uh, you have no patience for people who make a fuss about it. Uh, I'm always pleased to see any of your masking posts. Uh, and it's it's that general sense of just just put on a mask like like other other cultures have been doing this for for forever like you feel sick just put on a mask it's not hard and then you you minimize that risk of people catching all kinds of things like even just a cold why would you want anyone else to catch your cold yeah there's definitely different layers you know in the real world not bear country like when should we use masking unfortunately it's much more controversial than it should be yeah i'm especially passionate about everyone in healthcare facilities who's able to mask wearing a mask because that is where our most vulnerable people go. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for me personally, like I just went to a large event with several thousand people, something I've been attending every year, almost every year for the past like 25 years. And I always get sick. Like it's in Reno. I have to fly there. You're in casinos where there's a lot of cigarette smoke. There's a a livestock arena where there's dust in the air. So between all of those things and then just all the close contact with people, every year I would get sick. If I wasn't sick while I was there, I'd be sick within a day or two of getting home. So this year I wore a mask the whole time that I was around other people and I didn't get sick. (laughs) And I felt better just not having as much like smoke and dust in my lungs. And it was great. So for me personally, like I don't mind being that weird person Mm-hmm. even if I don't care what other people think. Uh, but I did appreciate, like, I actually had two different people I knew there who don't normally wear masks, and they were sick. Mm. And they wore a mask and probably helped, you know, prevent other people from getting sick, even if that's not something they normally like to do. So 
it's I think it's great that the concept of masking has been introduced to Bear Country. Yeah. I, I don't expect we'll normally see it, but it is doing a great job of keeping the Berenstain Bear books relevant to kids today. Right. Uh, and yeah, and keeping kids aware, again, like I said at the beginning, that public health is public. It's not just about your own personal health. It's about the people you're around and keeping them healthy and, you know, doing your part to make, because we're all a community. Uh, and that's what the bear, if nothing else, as I say, that's what the Berenstain Bears books are all about. Definitely. So on the next page, now we get into hand washing, mm-hmm. which is still something everyone should be doing. Um, so the first page is just literally Dr. Gert Grizzly, like, washing her hands and talking about hand washing because, of course, she just talks and she's not singing her lesson. Which, again, if you go to a musical and someone washes their hands on stage for, like, uh, as long as it takes to sing Happy Birthday twice, but we in the biz, we call that dead air. That's just dead time on stage. You just... Unless she's dancing while she's doing it. I don't want to see somebody washing their hands for that long. So the next page, though, is is really entertaining. We see uh, Brother has a bar of soap costume. Mm-hmm. And then Sister and a cub, we can't really identify, are hands. And they look like, like the Chef Boyardee hands. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and it's yes. a little bit odd, though, because they are like... They're rubbing their own actual hands together, um, and they're singing a song. But my daughter saw this, and she thought it was so funny because she's like, they're all going to be rubbing against brother. Like, she's looking at this, and she's just imagining the actual costumes (laughs) rubbing against brother. (laughs) They had to call it an intimacy coordinator for this choreography. They're like... We need to make sure everyone's on board with this. The Cubs are going to have to rub all over each other for, well, at least as long as it takes to sing happy birthday twice. <laughs> yeah, here's the picture for those of you playing along at home. Uh, also, the costumes aren't so much Cubs dressed as hands as they are cu- Cubs dressed as Cubs being held or being about to be grabbed. <laughs> it looks like they're they're like in danger of having someone reach up behind them and grab them. But yeah, it's the hamburger helper hand, I think, was the little guy. You don't see him anymore, but trust us, everyone younger than us, he was around. He was a sentient hand. <laughs> yep. So it's it's, it's very cute. cute. It's a little bit odd, but it's it's very cute. So the next two pages, we have Dr. Bearson, the dentist. Is this about- his first appearance since visit the dentist? Have we seen Dr. Bearson since? I don't remember. I'm not sure. That's a great question. Like they don't like Dr. Grizzly, she shows up all the time. But they don't have much call for the dentist. There aren't too many cubs getting their teeth knocked out or anything. So I I don't know. I I wonder if the, I'm wondering if this is his second only second appearance. Those of you out there who know more about the Berenstain Bears than I do, let me know. So but the yeah, first this... page he's there's like a prop that's like dangling from the ceiling it's like a big circle and it has a toothbrush toothpaste and dental floss and he's talking about them which again is kind of boring for a musical but <laughs> the next page though is so adorable they're they're singing a song the cubs are and so we have brother and sister dressed up as teeth 
And then there's a cub like standing on some sort of step stool who's brushing the teeth with this enormous toothbrush that I don't think the physics of it work. Like, I feel like this would just pull him over and he would be falling on them. But it's a cartoon, so it's okay. Mm. But then we have these two little cubs. It's so adorable. They're, they, they're supposed to be flossing between brother and sister. And so they're both like pulling on this dental floss, hanging on for dear life, like straining as hard as they can. Dental floss that has seemingly been pulled out of a fully functional giant dental floss case that's just laying on the, on the like they brought this case out. They pulled out this giant dental floss. I guess there must be a blade in there that they snapped it off on. And now they're like, like I wanted to see the scene leading up to this because it's just been cast aside this giant prop that some parent probably put together. Uh, I don't know if you ever read uh, Rosemary Wells books like the Yoko. Uh, she did. She did like uh, Max and Ruby, like all those books. No, she sorry. Did a, yeah, she did a a, a, a book about kids putting on a pageant about brushing your teeth and it's very much this the idea that there's little kids dressed as teeth and then some other kid walks up with the giant toothbrush and like scrubs at them for a while uh which is not something we ever did in my school but i guess it's enough of an idea that other children's book writers have gone with it oh and i think that's cousin fred and lizzie that are flossing oh okay why they're not flossing like doing the dance i guess maybe mike just isn't mike just isn't hip to uh to uh tiktok trends <laughs> right so then on the next page we uh get into farmer ben's big scene which is very exciting and i have some questions here okay. <laughs> so first of all in the background there is a poor cub fighting for his dear life he appears to be trying to keep this like background scenery up, but it's kind of the, it's the same pose we just saw in the last scene with the dental floss. But I don't think he's flossing behind there because we, I, I'm assuming he's trying to keep the scenery up, and this is like a background cub. I guess I'm not positive. I think Mike just got a kick out of drawing cubs in this pose. I was going to say because con including the the cubs flossing. The next page is the cub with the scenery gritting his teeth. The next page has Farmer Ben gritting his teeth. And then the next page has that cub again gritting his teeth. I'm, I feel, yeah, I was just going to say, I think Mike just enjoyed drawing that <laughs> face. and was like, I'm just going to keep working it in because I'm having a blast <laughs> drawing these grunting bears. Because <laughs> I don't even know why Farmer Ben is making the face, really. I, I guess it's supposed to be a heavy set piece he's wheeling on. Uh-huh. He just, I don't know, he's just, probably his back. He's an old bear. He's probably in a lot of pain anyway. <laughs> so we have uh, the dentist and brother and sister are sort of like dancing away off scene. And now we have Farmer Ben, Mrs. Ben entering the scene. Mrs. Ben has a basket of fruit. Farmer Ben has a wheelbarrow with I don't vegetables, I guess. And then there's this cub. And... I'm confused who this cub is supposed to be. Like, if this is supposed to be, does Farmer, does Farmer Ben have a grandson that we don't know about? Is this a cub dressing up as a miniature Farmer Ben? Like, this is never explained to us, but it's a little cub in overalls and kind of a straw hat that's similar to Farmer Ben's hat. Uh, and he's carrying out 
a basket of seeds on the first page. <laughs> and then the second page, yeah, there's like a wagon, just like a regular, you know, red wagon, like little kids would carry around. So this set piece doesn't make any sense. It's a giant, the giant three-dimensional food pyramid being brought on stage on a red wagon that you're pushing in a way that red wagons aren't meant to be put I, the, not, and then you have the sort of like bear in the background who's just staring off like the thousand yard stare at nothing just like <laughs> waiting for his cue i guess it's a really strangely composed image i guess is the point we're trying to make uh also the most important thing you need to eat is massive quantities of bread and pasta <laughs> apparently according to the food pyramid yeah it just says this chart shows you how much of each group you should eat yeah so, so at, I mean, at it, the, it's yeah. fine. At the bottom is bread and pasta, equal amounts of fruits and vegetables, equal amounts of hunks of cheese and steaks, and then at the very top, butter. That's butter. The, that's the <laughs> least important part of your diet should be butter. <laughs> yeah, I think he didn't want to like include any junk food in there, so it's right. just like butter at the top. <laughs> I will say, when my kids were little. They would literally just eat butter. Like if we had it laying out or if we had it low enough in the fridge, they would like get into the fridge and just eat chunks of butter. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's, it's, that's a-okay. Our cats do the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like you do. Like you do. So I like that in the next page, the food pyramid has now been shoved to the back and the poor, <laughs> like, is that the, no, it's not the farmer cub. It's just a cub in overalls. And the farmer cub is still just standing there. I don't know who he is. Yeah, Farmer Ben actually gets a third page, uh, which I'm sure was very exciting for him to be featured so prominently in this play. Uh, he seems to be in a good mood. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Uh, but yeah, just talking about apparently he single-handedly produces every single type of food for Bear Country. Um, which, to be fair, over the years, we have seen quite a diversity of things on his yes. farm. So that's possible. I'm, um, going but yeah, to assume poor... that, I'm going to assume that he participated in this musical because he gets to advertise his his <laughs> wares. Like, he's like, yeah, I'm the I'm the only game in town, folks. <laughs> Buy more food from me. Yeah. But yeah, we do see the, the, the backstage cub and overalls. Like, now we can clearly see he's holding on to a robe. Yeah. That is helping to keep this cloth backdrop up, but the whole the entire musical is dependent on this poor little cub just hanging on for dear life. And I guess that's the gag. It doesn't physically doesn't make sense to me. I unless the backdrops were all just laying on the stage, and he would like pull them up but that would require two cubs one on each side i don't understand how this stage works do they have a fly rail i don't know it's a pretty it's a pretty deep stage as well it's like an opera stage uh i don't know i don't understand i know mike knows what theater is like his parents did theater <laughs> like it was a thing i don't know yeah when i looked at other berenstain bear books that had theatrical productions the backdrops were either like solid or they did have some that were hanging but yeah there was like a rail and they were just hanging there they weren't yeah. relying on elementary students to like use their muscles to keep them up but i 
maybe Mike just really got a kick out of drawing cubs in that pose. It is really I think cute. he did. Yeah. Oh, it's cu- it's very cute. Uh, if I ever got a tattoo, it would be of that cub. <laughs> and then, so then we get a fourth page talking about uh, food. We have cubs dressed up as vegetables dancing on the stage. It's very cute. Although <laughs> I will say there is a cub with a, their costume is just a giant tomato on their head. And I was kind of wondering about the physics of that one. Like, even if it's a very lightweight material, it seems like it'd be a little hard to stay balanced and, like, not hurt yourself. Also, we have a cub dressed up as a rutabaga and a cub dressed up as a turnip, which those are two foods that kids just do not like. Those are the, they, those are the, those are the least popular kids in Bear Country School right now. <laughs> uh, and, yeah, there's our tomato cub who I guess is dressed like this because Mike couldn't figure out a way to fit him into the composition otherwise with a tomato costume. Uh, Yeah, I love that broccoli costume. though. Yes, it is very cute. I got to be honest, as an adult, uh, turnips and rutabaga are not foods I eat either. And (laughs) honestly, could not tell you which child is the turnip and which one is the rutabaga. But also... They are performing for the benefit of the reader. They are not facing the audience. <laughs> if you notice, they are, they have they have broken the fourth wall now and have acknowledged that we are staring at them through the through the page because these cubs are they're just they're blatantly not facing their parents. Uh-huh. Modern so, theater. If you look closely, you you can see Papa, Mama, Gramps, and Gran in the audience. They are faithful attendees of every. Bear Country production. And then we have the coach. Yes, Coach Grismeyer comes marching on stage and he blows his whistle. Tweet! And then he apparently just yells at everybody and tells them that physical fitness is vital for good health. But uh, yeah, so he gets four pages also. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the next page is actually really cute. So then they sing a song and it's just a bunch of different cubs doing a bunch of different physical activities, which I thought was really great. That, you know, you've got your ball sports, but then you've got jump roping and jumping. Jumping, I guess I was just saying <laughs> that. Just a cub jumping in the air. Who is this muscle cub? Who is this kid? Like, <laughs> I've never seen this boy before. He's got the, he's got a messy hairdo. He looks like he's got like Popeye forearms. Maybe it's Bobby Brown <laughs> from that 2011 book since I just read that one. Which book was that? The the say please and thank you. Uh, oh, <laughs> in one of them they introduced they introduced this Bobby Brown character and he kind of had a short hair like that and he I was good at sports him. but he wasn't that muscular at that point. <laughs> right. <laughs> I do I do always appreciate a a, a a a bear who accidentally has the name of a celebrity, uh, <laughs> right. particularly that celebrity. It's such an odd choice. Um, and that's pretty much it. Like, there's one page left in this book. Yeah. So the final page, uh, it's the same. <laughs> Every Bear Country play ends in the same way. They all come out on stage. On stage, they take their bows. The audience is clapping, which is clapping is a hard thing to draw. So. <laughs> I kind of got a kick of like looking at how the different books did it over the years. For the most part, 
it's just kind of all the bear's hands are doing the same thing. So in this one, they almost look like Barbie hands, they like do. they're just sort of straight in front of them. It's a little awkward looking, but to be fair to Mike, that's a really hard thing to draw. They do. They all look like they're holding an imaginary bowl, like <laughs> just like in their lap, like getting ready to getting ready to like take a nice long pull of whatever is in the bowl in front of them. Uh I, I, I what you said about being hard to draw clapping it reminds me of uh I think it was the uh DC artist Carmine Infantino is like the first person credited with successfully drawing the flash running in comics because they had never been able to figure out in all the years they've been doing the flash how to make it look not ridiculous when you draw like a guy just like this with like a bunch of lines around him like how do you make it look like movement and clapping's the same thing like at any point in the clap, it doesn't look like clapping. It just looks like you're holding your hands. Like maybe this, like drawing it like this or something. I don't know. Yeah, because if you do it like this, it just looks like somebody's praying. I don't know. Yeah. It's a it's a cute scene, though. One of the hands reappears. We have the miniature farmer, Ben. Um, yeah. Of course, brother, sister, and honey are front and center. It's a cute way to end it. So I just Googled how to draw clapping hands, and I found some pretty good recommendations, actually. I'm looking at it now, and I'm like, oh, no, wait, there are ways to draw clapping hands. What is my <laughs> Mike should have just Googled really quick and looked up these pictures, because there's some good examples of how to draw dynamic clapping hands. So um, I don't know. Back to the drawing board, Mike. I guess he hasn't been doing this long enough. So overall, I thought this book was great. It, it Well, if you're approaching the topic of staying healthy of health public health whatever it does a really good job of balancing sort of your you know medicine for when you're sick but also preventative care with vaccines and brushing your teeth but then also eating healthy staying active like you're kind of hitting all the major things mm -hmm. which i thought was really great and i don't think we've had we haven't had a berenstain bears book that has done this before we've covered these topics separately in separate books but it is kind of nice to have one book that just takes a broad big picture look at health yeah um, <laughs> it that... was a unique uh plot to have it in the musical um it was really cute though it was nice to see mike spend so much time on this um this is a very original book so if you're kind of if you're someone who likes Berenstain Bears books, but you don't you don't want to buy a new book that's just like a rehash of an old book, this is a good new book to buy. There's yeah. A plot. And I was actually like looking at the pages and I was like, they could they should make available like these pages as posters or like signs to hang up. Like because they have good information for little kids and you you have the page with the cubs masking up. There you go. Like, put put that in your classroom or put that in your nurse's office or whatever. Just to remind kids. It's a cute book. I, I think it's a cute book. And I think that the the musical idea, as ridiculous as it kind of is, uh, is an opportunity to do something besides just have a bunch of, like, let's go visit the doctor. It's let's put on a show uh, and and dress up like tea. I mean, it's just I, I, to a child seeing their favorite characters dressed up in funny costumes is engaging like it's just it, as a, from a kid's perspective that's what you want to see and you know and it's validating in a lot of ways as a as a parent that i'm doing some of the right things i'm making my kid brush her teeth 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I definitely think it was a lot more entertaining this way than it would have been if it was just like Papa and Mama talking about these things and if we had thought bubbles or if we if we just like walked around town and talked to these people individually. I feel like we've had a lot of books that have sort of approached topics that way. Mm-hmm. And so this was just a different I mean, <laughs> we have many decades of Berenstain Bears books and so it's nice it's nice that Mike took sort of a different approach to this one and there's just more creativity. Um, and, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's just great to have a book that's modern, you know, tailored to yeah. a modern day topic. Um, Cause the other topic, like one of the challenges right now is the books, the cubs that have gotten a bit older, like with honey bear aging up, but we're mostly putting out younger kid books. Like we don't yeah. have the chapter books anymore. So the topics are mostly just hitting really little kids. Um, You know, the other modern topic that Mike hasn't really touched on much that we probably could have more books about would be things related to electronics. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, the bears have done this. It's not like they haven't touched on these topics. It's just more that technology evolves so quickly that, um, I mean, I do think the, the computer one that you and I covered with GoDaddy, the GoDaddy book, um, that one actually holds up pretty well, all things yeah. considered. Um, but I mean, honestly, even now for like preschool and early elementary students, you know, tablets are part of their lives. Like even if they don't have one at home, they have it at school. Um, so, you know, something like that might be interesting to continue to try and come up with new books about, but. Yeah, overall, like the bears have covered so many different topics, and I I thought this book did a really great job. Yeah, I was so happy that you brought it to my attention because ordinarily I wouldn't be getting to it for a long time. But then in reading it, I was like, it's kind of more. It's kind of as we are now in a in a in a in another COVID surge. Uh, you know, public uh, the uh, illnesses have spiked. And people are starting to talk about it again. And I was like, well, I don't want to wait until it's no longer as relevant. I really wanted to cover it now. Uh, so that if people are looking for a good book about public health for their kids, that, that they would be like, yeah, Berenstain Bears. Like, this is a good one. It's really cheap. I was disappointed that it's not available as a digital book. It's only available in physical copies, uh, which makes my life more difficult. But... Uh, so if you're looking to get it digitally, it's not of it. You can only get it in paperback, but it's not expensive. It's like a $5 book. Uh, doesn't have, I thought it was also a, probably a good, it was a missed opportunity for a, like a Q and a, or a few activities in the back. They should have like done that. If you just, if you're listening, Mike, for future editions, bring back the questions at the end. That's my favorite part. So, uh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the Berenstain Bears stay healthy spoiler alert they do uh uh becca thank you so much for coming on my show again you're welcome thanks for having me yeah Uh, is there anything you'd like to advertise pitch about yourself for our (laughs) listeners no not really (laughs) you know i when i was on here before i mentioned like like track and field is one of my main things which is probably not of much interest to your listeners but i will give people a teaser phil and i this is an olympic year this year the paris olympics and i told phil we're gonna do a two-part episode about 
uh, the two books that have Olympics in the covers that involve the Bernstein <laughs> Bears. One of them is a coloring book, and the other one is one of those weird, like, you're supposed to have, like, a speaking wand or something with it. Um, but I know a lot about intellectual property and the U.S. Olympic Committee. There's a lot to that. Um, so I am so excited that we are going to cover that topic later this year. So you heard that's one of our one of our few sneak previews uh, <laughs> as far as I, I don't plan much ahead. But uh, this is one that now I have someone else holding my feet to the fire. It's, it's definitely going to happen. Also, you get to hear the wonderful way uh, a person may cover a coloring book in an audio medium. <laughs> Always I will welcome. I will give a sneak peek because people, if your experience with Berenstain Bears coloring books are like the Dollar Tree books, which are just incredibly random, mm -hmm. um, you may be surprised to find that the older Berenstain Bears coloring books, some of them actually had a plot. Yeah. So it there's actually like a plot for us to cover. So I think our challenge is going to be we have to find Phil a digital copy because... Um, it's a very rare book. I think I paid like 40 or 50 bucks for right. it, which was worth it to me since, you know, the Olympics are something special to me. I, I don't normally pay that much for Bears books, but <laughs> this one was worth it for me. Um, but hopefully we can find Phil a digital copy because I actually bought it from a website that was like digitizing old oh, books. Oh, yeah. So fingers crossed that they have it up. That'll make it easier. It would be a bit much for me to like scan right. the pages, but we will sort something out. We'll figure it out. Maybe maybe Phil will get some more Patreon listeners and then Right. <laughs> or so maybe someone can just send me a copy of that book. Yeah. You got it. Just send one. me a copy of the book. I'll talk to I'll talk to Brad and Jeremy, see what we can work out. I'm sure we can work something out because Olympic years are very special years. They only come around every four four ish years for the summer Olympics and and four-ish years for the winter. Remember when they used to, like, do both in one year? Like, when it was the Winter Olympics and this, and then you had to wait four years? There was something about that that I really just liked. I liked that it was this, like, four-year cycle. And then when it came around, that's what the year was about. Like, you went to, you had, like, we would, I, I would, I, 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 who do not care about sports, would go to friends' houses just to watch the Olympics because it was such a rare event. Uh yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, Becca. It's a big year. Olympic year. Yes, it is. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to us talk about this delightful book. Uh, you can also listen to me uh, on Pizza Toast talking about Twilight series. If you want to hear me talk about that with my friend Christy or uh, tune into It's Del Toro Time that I do with my daughter. Uh, we took a little hiatus, but we're coming back with more spooky, scary stories. So listen to that if you want to hear me ramble on about things. Uh, and look forward to Becca joining me again later this year. And for everyone else, I will see you all next time deep in Bear Country. Bear Country.